Welcome to the Raise with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes of daily life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading for July 1st, 2019, looking at the first portion of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. July 1st, for my Canadian friends, happy Canada Day. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. For, for I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea. And they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. He had them die in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples to warn us not to desire evil things the way they did. Do not become idolaters like some of them did, as it is written, The people sat down to eat and to drink, and got up to celebrate wildly. And let us not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day twenty-three thousand fell. Let us not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were being destroyed by the serpents. And do not grumble, as some of them grumbled, and were destroyed by the destroyer. All these things that were happening to them had meaning as examples, and they were all written down to warn us to whom the end of the ages has come. So let him who thinks he stands be careful that he does not fall. No testing has overtaken you except ordinary testing, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tested beyond your ability, but when he tests you, he will also bring about the outcome that you are able to bear it. This is the word of our God. We'll just take the first 13 or so verses because the second half, Paul really elaborates on what he says here. And a couple of things as we get started here, he had just just kind of concluded his discussion on Christian freedom and, and that we use our Christian freedom in glory to God and in love toward neighbor. And now he goes on to say, but time out, there are a few things that are not free as you use your Christian freedom. Keep in mind that you are a Christian, number one. And therefore, some of these things that the Corinthians were saying was free to them really weren't free. And the example that he brings out is the example from their own salvation history. Not, you know, obviously not their own um, blood relatives, but the believers who had gone before them. And in a sense, the believers who had gone before all of us um, in the Old Testament, the people of Israel, and their history is really our history. And so Paul brings them out as an example for for the Corinthians to take note of. He says in this, this first paragraph, verses 1 through 5, um, By the way, friends, these believers in the Old Testament, they were believers just like you. They were all, they all passed, were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Um, not, not a literal baptism, obviously, because baptism wasn't instituted until Jesus commanded it at least as a Christian baptism, um, but in a sense that they had, they had passed through the water with Moses and that there was a change that happened when they passed through the water of the Red Sea. You remember when they walked through on dry ground. On the one, one shore of the Red Sea before they passed through the water, they were slaves. And when they arrived at the other shore of the Dead Sea, or the Red Sea, rather, <laughs> um, then they were free. 
and God had drowned the Egyptians who had plagued them and who had chased them in that Red Sea. And in a similar way, in baptism, before one is baptized, one is dead and a slave to sin. And then after one has undergone baptism, and baptism has taken place, then one is free. And, and that's kind of what we talk about in the fourth part of baptism. You might remember it from our baptismal liturgy. Baptism means that the sinful nature in us should be drowned by daily sorrow and repentance, and that all its evil deeds and desires be put to death. And that's exactly what baptism does. Paul elaborates on this in, in Romans chapter 6. But the big point to remember about baptism is that number one, it is God's work, and number two, it actually works. So number one, it is God's work. It is God who baptizes us, who, who raises us from the dead spiritually, and who gives us new life with Christ. And number two, that it actually works. That it's not, it's not some metaphorical idea that we have to adhere to and then try to live up to. No, baptism actually works because especially, you know, Romans chapter 6 is a fantastic example. Um, every time that baptism is talked about, it does something throughout the entire New Testament. Every time that baptism is mentioned, baptism does something. In Romans chapter 6, um, talked about baptism as uniting you to Christ. And just as Christ was raised from the dead, so also you have been raised from the dead through baptism as an actual, factual reality. All right. All that in the background is Paul saying in verses 1 and 2, Paul saying that they had the, the same start to their faith, both the Israelites of 1400 BC and the Corinthians of you know, 55 AD. Verse 3, they all ate the same spiritual food, which is another way of saying that they are all believers. And you might remember the Gospel of John when Jesus calls himself the bread of life. In John chapter 6, they all ate the same spiritual food. When Jesus calls himself the bread of life, he's not talking about Holy Communion there. Because what he says in John chapter 6 is that everyone who eats on that bread lives forever. What he's talking about is a spiritual eating that we know as faith. Anyway, um, so they all ate the same spiritual food, that spiritual eating of Jesus, who is the word of God incarnate in the flesh. That spiritual eating takes place when a person is brought to faith. They all ate the same spiritual food, Israelites and Corinthians believers the same. Verse 4, they all drank the same spiritual drink. And there again, you've got Jesus um, in John chapter 4 talking to the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, when he says, I am the water of life. Whoever drinks of this water um, will never be thirsty again. And she missed it. She's like, well, give me some of that water. I want some of that. And that's where Jesus had transitioned to say, go call your husband. And, and the conversation kind of went down from there. But what Paul is establishing in these first four verses is that the Corinthians and the Israelites and you and I are all on the same plane, on the same level playing field, where God had baptized us, given us new life, a new life of freedom, um, and a rescue from sin, death, and the devil, and slavery to it. Um, verse 3, we all have the same spiritual food, that is the Jesus Christ himself, the Jesus that we feed on through faith. Um, they all drink the same spiritual drink, Jesus the water of life. Verse 5, terrifying thought. Nevertheless, 
Even though this is the case, nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. He had them die in the wilderness. And what Paul is establishing here is he's establishing from history the fact that once you are a Christian doesn't mean you will always be a Christian, but rather through persistent sin, you can lose your faith, even though you've got all the advantages of faith, of having been baptized, eating the spiritual food, drinking the spiritual drink, and still, persistent sin is destructive to faith. And so Paul goes on to bring out four specific examples, and he addresses all of these among the Corinthians. It's no, it's no coincidence that he brings out this element of, of Israelite history when he's talking to the church at Corinth, because these are all issues that the Corinthians had to deal with. Paul has addressed some of them already, and Paul will be addressing some of them in just a little bit, especially the idolatry. Um, verse 7 idolatry. <laughs> the people thought they could be idolaters and that it wouldn't matter. Well, I'm a, I'm a believer. You know, I know who, who the true God is. I'm just, we're just having a party right now. Verse eight, sexual immorality. And he touched on that already back in, back in chapter six, and he'll come around to that idea again. And also in second Corinthians, um, verse nine, putting Christ to the test as some of them did. That is to say, um, saying that I, I have the freedom to do what I want, when really we don't. And even if it is a matter in the abject, in the abstract, in, in vacuum, even if it is a matter of Christian freedom, we don't live in the abstract. We live in the concrete, and ev and and so we live in a particular context. We don't live in a vacuum, and so we use Christian freedom to bring glory to God, out of love for God and love for our neighbor. And so we, in doing so. We try not to stand on my rights and say, this is what I have the right to do. But rather, the attitude is, this is how I bring glory to God and how I serve you. And verse 10, grumbling. <laughs> do not grumble as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. And, you know, verses 9 to 10, putting Christ to the test and grumbling. Um, a really good example of that you could see in the, the opening chapter of 1 Corinthians. I follow Paul. I follow Peter. I follow Cephas. I follow, you know, Paul, Jesus, whatever. <laughs> the, just the grumbling about the pastor that God had given to them and the factionalism that resulted from that grumbling. And so Paul kind of wraps it up and ties it up in verse 11. All these things that were happening to them, actual history, they have meaning for us as examples, meaning we can derive, derive meaning from, the, from this history for our lives. And they were written down to warn us to whom the end of the ages has come. And the warning there, the warning there is that the Israelites as a nation still had time to repent. But Paul says, you need to be careful and watch yourself because Jesus will be returning soon and then there won't be any more time to repent. We'll take up verses 12 and 13, beginning there tomorrow. But as we wrap up today, as you go about your day, as you go about your day, think of your fellow Christians and, and maybe a time when shoulders have been rubbed the wrong way, where you didn't quite get along, or maybe there was a, a little bit of an argument. And just to take a step back and to understand that, that maybe there's more going on there than we know. And 
can we bring these people to God in prayer? that they would not fall in their faith, and that any argument that might crop up between us, between any of us, would, would fall by the wayside and be forgiven, so that the fellowship that God has given to us here is something that God can continue to build up, rather than, rather than any division persisting and going on with the result of maybe, maybe somebody losing their faith, because we don't want anything anything to come between among us as as a fellowship of congre a congregation and we don't want anything to come between us and our Jesus you can find us Wednesday evening this Wednesday is July 3rd but we will have worship at 7 p.m. at 2250 South Hollandsvania Road Maumee also Sunday morning 9 a.m. 2250 South Hollandsvania Road you can also find us on YouTube just search for Resurrection Maumee God bless your day